to continue the theme from Abyanka from last week. I'm going to share with you his entire Mahalach, which is absolutely fascinating. And again, historically, it's extremely important to put this in the context to understand in Abyanka's view what a Baruch Hu does at certain points in history for Klai Yisrael where you could possibly delude yourself into thinking that we've made it and not only didn't we yet make it but Yabiakov is going to prove that we actually put in safeguards to try to show that we're not there yet which is extremely important if you think you're there then you sort of don't have to try as much and uh, the job is done so you're finished and Rabbi Yaakov is uh, only Rabbi Yaakov can uh, gives you a panoramic view of history and shows you that time and time again Chazal had the insight to understand that safeguards and Ramazim and Simonim have to be put in to show that we're not there and it will uh, circle back to what we began last week really what we began Shabbos Agodol and I'm sure we'll continue to touch upon the next uh, month or so is the modern context of uh, the Medina, the Golas, the Gula, what's Aschalta de Gula, are we there, are we not there? Certainly in the context of the uh, 50th anniversary of uh, the Six-Day War and the uh, happenings then. So let's begin. It's, it's really, if you follow the few clips that we're going to show you, it's really quite a theme. Start on page one. You just need a copy. You don't need a Navi. This will take us a while to see carefully. Page one, we go back to Shemais, the original Gullus. And if you recall, the original request of Moshe Rabbeinu in the name of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to Paro was, we just want a three-day vacation, a three-day pass, which... To Paro sounded unusual, and to us, sounds unusual also. Paro wasn't born yesterday, and Moshe Rabbeinu came with the message, and Akash Baruch Hu doesn't have to stretch the truth, and he, he's the Kal Yochel, if he wants to take us out, he can take us out, and he doesn't have to beat around the bush, so to speak. Beat around the bush in the context of Moshe Rabbeinu Shlichus is an interesting expression. And... Uh, Haladavrahu, all the Mepharshim want to know why did Akash Baruch have to use this ploy and was it indeed a ploy? Some learn that it wasn't the request for three days because three days was necessary. Abiyakov is going to follow that route and will explain why three days and what would happen after three days they go right back into slavery. Others learn, before we go back to Rabbiakov's shot, that the three days was indeed a ploy. It was Midah, Mida, and Paro deserved it because he tricked Klai Yisrael into slavery in the first place, if you recall the Medrash. To have Klai Yisrael had tremendous uh, prestige and social standing in the time of Yasef and the Shiftei Kav. And you can't go from one day to the next and just say, okay, everybody here is a slave. The power initiated a project of national importance, a patriotic duty, everybody has to show up and work, and, and the Yidden, of course, wanted to show their patriotism and showed up, except for Shepard Levy, to their credit. Uh, they realized there was something wrong over here and they weren't leaving the best medrash, and sooner or later, 
everybody else disappeared. And the only people remaining were the Eden, and they looked around what's going on, and then the police came, and the KGB came, and they said, you guys are staying. It was a process that was uh, done through trickery. They were duped into it. And therefore, Amidah, Pyro deserved to be tricked into freeing his slaves. We're going to leave for three days, ostensibly, and then take off. The Akrav doesn't take that route, because even though it's an interesting shot, kind of hard to imagine, the Midah, Kenegah, Midah, it's going to be more of an Ace Nigla, more of a Kiddush Hashem, because Baruch Hu can show that I'm going to ask for, not a three-day pass, but a forever pass, and we're not coming back, and if you don't like it, do something. And that's a bigger Kiddush Hashem, and uh, showing Paro that he has no say in the matter, is more of the derech of what we know of the Nisim of Yitzhiz Yitzrayim. So Abiyak is going to give a mahalach that will fit into everything else we're going to say, and that is that the original three-day version, three-day request was Emes Lamitoi, and that was all that was necessary, and the question is why. So let's go to Pasuk Yudches, Paragimel Pasuk Yudches on page one. If this wasn't true, this wasn't a real Havamina, Hashem's not going to stretch the truth, and Moshe Rabbeinu is certainly not going to stretch the truth. Page two. Nearly Bebir Haksuvim, Gam Berdesh and Oven Atam, Mashashalach Hashem is Meshla Dabal Pyro of Oz, Herila, Mashabaneshali de Mishal, Shalama Hariesa. So the second huge question looming here in the Parsha, Meshabane was concerned he wasn't the right man for the job, and due to his anivas, he argued for seven days, lost the argument, so to speak, and was sent anyway. And Meshabane was very concerned that not only wouldn't he do it right, but he would make things worse. Sure enough, he comes, tells Pyro we want to leave for three days, and things get exponentially worse right away. Moshe Rabbeinu was in such pain for Klai Yisrael that he comes and complains to Kosh Baruch Hu, which on his madrig was a mistake. And the next parsha begins, Chaval al-Da'abdin, Lameshachin, the other Sekadeshim went through this, and they didn't ask any questions, and you're asking questions. And there's a plan here, and you've got to wait and see the plan. Moshe Rabbeinu gets heavy musr, and Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't ask again, and he waits. And somehow, before you get to this Rabiankiv, you're never told the answer. What's the secret? A lot of things happen after that. And things do eventually get better. But right away, Moshe Rabbeinu comes, is told to disappear. The work gets significantly worse. The Gael is not here. And Klai Yisrael is desperate for something to happen. So why does it always have to get worse before it gets better? So you say, Pashim Shad is, well, you know, that's the Nisayim. The crucible over here was to separate the men from the boys, and this is going to be one more turning up the flame to make sure the people who have Amuna show their Amuna, and the people that don't won't come out. So that's Lachaira uh, one shot. Rabbi Yanko gives you a deeper insight. There's a plan behind this. Mashanir li bezehu. Debeemes, first of the line. Debeemes. <coughs> the original plan clearly in the Pusik was they're going to be in Eretz Mitzrayim for 400 years. Shiloh was in Eretz Mitzrayim, Eretz Lelahem, it ended up being Eretz Mitzrayim. Wherever they're going to be, they're going to be for 400 years. 
We're at the halfway mark, more or less, 210 years. So even with gematrias, you round it off, and it's almost and, and to the nearest 10, to the nearest 100, doesn't even work. We're at the halfway mark, and all of a sudden we're leaving. So we know the famous answer is you got to start counting when Yitzchak was born. Yitzchak Avinu was born, you add it all up, and it equals 400. It sounds like that's not the whole shot. That fits in, so the number could be MS even without this background, but that's not the whole story. What happened? Hashem skipped. The original Cheshben was indeed 400, not from Leidus Yitzchak. It's supposed to be there 400 years, and Hashem skipped over the Cheshben and took them out at about the halfway mark. Why? The original number was 400, and Akash Baruch saw they weren't going to make it. Again, they missed by far. Lizdares, the purpose of the zero is to rush them out. And we see the whole theme of Kipazan when they left Mitzrayim, they couldn't stay a minute longer. We spoke last Pesach about the Indian, if Akash Baruch knew they were leaving. So why'd they have to leave that morning in a hurry? So give them a few weeks' notice. But why was there a rush to leave? Bechlal. They wouldn't have given the ability, been given the ability to leave. They would have been stuck there. They were falling to Nun Shari Tuma. They were already at Memtes, Tita tottering on the brink. And they had to leave quickly. The Ficha, Kasher, Avruk, Masayim, Vitesha, Shonim, Al Cheshman, Hadal, and Meas at 209 years out of 400. Ra, Shem, Shein, Yecholon, Lehish, Tahos, Ad Seif, Hazman. They couldn't stay. They wouldn't be recognizable. Flagbeimer, you mentioned Shem Bayechai, the Zayar that says the Talmudim of Shem Bayechai came to the Rebbe and they said, We have a Shailah, but we're nervous to ask such a Shailah. Maybe we're going to get in trouble. It sounds like a Shtikal Chutzpah. So we want to know their Shailah to the Rebbe. Well, should we ask the Shailah? Sometimes the answer is no. Here, Rav Shem Be'echai, according to Isaiah, says, Tamidin, Bana, you have to ask if it's bothering you, we'll work it out. And they ask, we don't understand. We're constantly expressing and showing our curse of Taif. He sees it's right, the whole Pesach, Shulis and Sukkot is built around this. And they don't understand. Because Baruch Hu promised to take us out, and he also told us we're going in. So he told us we're going in, and he promised to take us out. So he took us in, and he took us out. So he fulfilled his promise. Okay, we don't expect any less of a Kodesh Baruch So why do we have to thank him so much? I can understand why they thought maybe they would get uh, zapped for a question like that. A Gemara from yesterday, the Gemara on Shabbos, of Shem looking around and things getting destroyed. So zapped is a modern word, but not so far-fetched. So Shem said, it's a good question. And the answer is that the promise to take Klai Yisrael out is that if they had some semblance of looking like Klai Yisrael, they'd be taken out. And things got so bad, they fell almost to noon, and it didn't look like Klai Yisrael anymore. Many of them, despite Lashinus, Lashinu, and Lushem, many of them were so shakua in the Avodah and the tomb of Mitzrayim that the promise wasn't on them. So why do we have to thank Klai Baruch? Because you put that Zaya with this Rav and the answer is, is that the Baruch Hu 
sped up the process to a version um, ratio of two to one, literally at halftime. And the reason why Akashar Baruch Hu has to be thanked more than just keeping his promise is that that promise wasn't going on this scenario. And Akash Baruch Hu changed the entire scenario and Shibur and Gezeira for the sake of fulfilling the promise that had to be something left of Klai Yisrael. Yes? Right. He anticipated because he wanted to make sure that the promise would be fulfilled. <clears throat> That's why he was. Hashem Kaviach had to engineer that there'd be a scenario where we still had the right to be taken out of Chayzol. Yes, correct. That's part of this, uh, this Mahalach. Correct? correct? So therefore, so plan A, there were two ways to get out of this. Shamar means Kosh is watching, as you just said. So Hashem said, uh, well, we're not going to make it to 400 at this pace. So what do we do? So plan A was, I'll take them out for three days. We'll have a Shabbaton of sorts. Picture in a good convention. We'll have Chizuk. And uh, better, we'll have a Kabbalah Satayra. Can't get better Chizuk than that. I'll give them the mitzvahs. We'll have Nevoah. Get them to Adam Rishon Kedem I don't know exactly which part of this was, would that have been part of the, uh, that, I don't know, that's a conjecture. But they're going to get a, uh, what I'd like to term as a booster shot. Three days of pure Ruchnius, and then they'll go back into Eretz Mitzrayim fortified, and then they'll go for another 190 years. Then I'll take them out. Which sounds incredible to us. But if you want to, have the 400 years, there was like Zerub here, 400 years, whatever the, speaking of Gamachias, whatever the reason why 400 was necessary, and it was necessary because that was the original Zerub, they got to survive the experience, so then take them out, three days, send them back, and they'll stay for 400 years, another three days after that, to make up for it. And that was plan A. It sounds like from this line, by the way, there wouldn't be a full Kabbal Satayr, but there would be a reinforcement of the Ikri Amuna. Similar to maybe at, at Morrow, they got Deshmer Shabbos, Kibbutz of Aim, some essentials. And uh, if you look at 38 in the footnote, we're going to get to that because he quotes this in a different piece. After Korban Bayes Rishon, they were assimilating so quickly, Hashem felt Chayisar to be taken back a day to Israel for the entire Tkufas by Hashemi. It's 400 years, four centuries, give or take. And that was also a temporary gula. They hear all they needed was three days. And we'll get back to that Tkufa by Hashemi, but that's even a bigger Chiddush. So Yaakov's going to build on this. Right now, it's, you need three days, you need to rest, you need to focus on your Ruchnius. And you'll come back refreshed and you'll be able to survive. To 400. And that was plan A. No, so why wasn't plan A put into effect? He didn't agree, he didn't cooperate. So now plan B 
is that you're leaving not for three days, you're leaving for good because Paro is being obstinate and now he has to be punished and Mitzrayim has to be destroyed and you're not coming back, there's nothing to come back to. And now, we're not finished yet because he's still 190 years, Akash Baruch Hazad, I have to squeeze and condense 190 years of suffering into the next six months. If you know all this, so now, Masha Ben asked Kasha, why did it get worse? And the answer is it has to get worse because you made a request to Paro. Paro is so stubborn, he didn't only say no. He said, who's Akash Baruch Hu? Like, this is going nowhere. And they're not leaving for three days, and therefore I'm taking them out for good, and Paro is going to have to be destroyed. He might survive. The country's going to be destroyed. And I have to now still fulfill the Xera, 400 years, so we have to put everything into six months. Moshe Rabbeinu, in the Pasuk, wasn't told this answer. Did he figure it out? Possibly. Probably. Not necessary. Because Moshe Rabbeinu received Mutzer that you don't have to figure it out, and sometimes things are not readily explainable. And why should it get worse if I were just sent to be a Goyal? And that's, Moshe Rabbeinu personally felt that the answer is I'm not the right Goyal. That wasn't the answer either. So Moshe Rabbeinu said, I don't know the answer. Okay, so we'll find out. Well, now we just found out. It had to get worse because otherwise they had no right to leave. And that's why the Ketzer Ruach, you would think after 210 years being in Mitzrayim in the last uh, eight decades and change, they had a real Shibud in stages. You would think they're used to this already. You can't get used to suffering, but why did it get worse to the extent that they felt they couldn't handle it? The answer is, physically, it got exponentially worse to the tune of 190 years worth of Shibud squeezed into six months. But the way it played out, and it's not going to go, and therefore you're going to leave for good. So step number one over here is that the Kosh Baruch Hu had a plan that if Klai Yisrael is not in the Madrega to survive something, there's always going to be help according to the media that we need it in order to give us the opportunity to survive. Which, again, the backdrop of what we're learning in Navi, Yerava Melech Yisrael is sent over here, Yeravim II, to save them and give them the rest and tranquility to be able to focus on tshuva. And as bad as things were, the carrot and the stick. The stick didn't work, and now the carrot is going to be sent to give them the ability to rest a little bit. It's not going to work either, and we'll get to that later, but let's continue with Avyakis Mahala. Go to page three. Hachaydesh Azel Achem Chadashim. We saw some of this, not here, in our recent shir on Chukasem Lezalecha within the last uh, four or five weeks. Chedesh HaZelachem Rosh Chadashim Kasaf Ramban Zelashayna Farhizkir Rabbaseinu Zainyan Vramu Shmeis Chadashim Oli Manami Bavel Why did we rename the months? Yes. It's not Kriyashma. Anybody didn't say it? Why do we rename the months Shemus from Avodah and foreign names from Bavel? 
So Ramban says, If you remember the Chukah Seim Shir, there are many who held, even in the Ramban, there's still an Indian to call a Ched Shurish and Ched Shashen. The mitzvah didn't change necessarily. Mitzvahs never change. Some learned that the Ramban held the mitzvah was to have Shemus according to the Gullahs we just left to remember the Gullahs. So coming out of Mitzrayim is Ched Shurish and Ched Shashen and Ched Shashlishi to count it from Nisan, which is the Ched Shagula. And leaving Bavel, it was now Nisanir. And we have names in there that are wild. Thomas, the name Bavel is there. We use the Tafka to remember the Gullahs. It's not a change in the mitzvah. Others say the Ramban didn't even mean that. He meant that you should rename them and still when you're using a number refer to them as Cheshurish and Cheshashani. Mitzchil lo'yelam sheim lo'yelam sheim es eslenu avla kasher alinu mibavla chazan alikra chadosh mikram beres bavla haskir to remember ki sham amadnu misham alinu Hashem is baruch yelo sheim es nisan ir zilosam sheim es parsim v'lo yimsa rakla sifrei navi yabavol megillus ester v'chulu they brought up from the Gullahs to remind us that we left and we had a gula. Now, the way we said over this Ramban in the Chukasem Shir, it's strictly a rem- reminder of the Nisim and the Flawless that we managed to leave the Gullahs and uh, thank HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Rabbi Yaakov is going to add that it's really to remind us that we left, but more so that we're still in Gullahs, which is a Chiddush in the Ramban, not sure how to put this into the words of the Ramban, but according to his shita, the pshat is that we need a reminder that we're not there yet. Even though he went back to Israel, they built a second base of Mikdash. They had autonomy of sorts for many years, and they're there for four centuries, as he explains. Paris. So tie this in with the Gemara Sanhedrin we touched upon. Why were they? speaking different languages, and why does Aramis play such a dominant role? Befrat b'shemes ha'chadash yesh b'shemes ha'varazarek g'on tamuz? B'emes matzinu sh'umei b'yishenu ha'isa ha'safam b'deberet v'yisol, Loshon Arami. They brought back Arami from Bavol. That's not so surprising, but they kept it. Why didn't they switch to Loshon HaKadosh? Rak divrei terek kaz Loshon HaKadosh, ala matzrayami yimashapchen asam shaloshinu es l'shenam. So why did they switch back? We came back to Bayesheni, and there were five things missing. All five things that were done with Derech Nes. It's already at the end of, toward the end of Bayes Rishon. They already were gaining it. I want to point out over here, just keep this in your, uh, under your hat, uh, Nignaz. What does Nignaz over here mean? She Nignaz Nignaz means the iron was lost or the iron was hidden. It's clear over here. It's clear from the Navi. Uh, we didn't get to this yet in Navi. No, we're going to get to it soon, the next uh, few months probably. Uh, Nignaz over here means it was hidden, not it was lost. Another reason I point that out in the middle over here is the uh, next Sugi of Shabbos afternoon is going to be about the Chalazan. So we're going to get back to that. The word Nignaz over here is not disputable. It means it was hidden. Yoshio Amelach was a while before the Chorvim, but so at the end was already coming. And it was hidden, and they came back in Bayesheni, and it wasn't revealed. The Aaron, and the Nevoah. Nevoah had to be the beginning of Bayesheni to just establish the Beis Amitish. But it wasn't there for the remainder of Bayesheni, and the Urmatum didn't work, and all these things were missing. 
Again, this doesn't mean lost. It means it was put away, and uh, and they knew it was there. You would think uh, Nigna is even if a man put away, but they lost the Masarim where it was. Rabbi Yaakov says, even that's not true. And he has a fair mission in Shkolem. Put all this together, it's uh, very mukhuch. He was doing uh, squeegee in the base of that towels there, and they had to clean up, so he was uh, washing the floor. He came upon a tile that was different than the other ones. No, I don't know, I think if we were washing the floor, we wouldn't have noticed, and if we did, we'd say, oh, that's interesting, they, you know, artisans are not what they used to be. But we know in the way of Samitash, and uh, they didn't have any tiles that they got off of... Uh, Rahmal Aslan, eBay. They certainly wouldn't look there. But uh, they wouldn't uh, buy odds and ends to fill up an order that came short. So he saw something was out of place and something was different that wasn't. So he knew right away that this is probably a tile that if you lift, you find a chain. If you lift the chain, you find the staircase and it goes somewhere. And he's 100% right. We don't think like this. We see tiles out of place. That's strange. Uh, faulty, shoddy craftsmanship, but that's not going to happen in the base of Mikdash. Even though originally when it was built, it was built in a very poor fashion because they didn't have money, but um, it was fixed up. He went to tell his friend about his wonderful, spectacular discovery. By the time he uh, almost got the message out, he died which means that Kosh uh, didn't want him to say, and they understood that whatever was there, Kosh didn't want them to know about. It's interesting. They knew enough. The guy died between, he's working over there, and he started yelling. And so if they were smart, they'd come to investigate, look what was going on over here. So they would have figured that also. They didn't even look. Because they didn't want to die either. And they realized that there was something going on over here. So they were smart enough not to investigate that means Babir, Shashama Aranignas, and they knew that this secret passageway led to where Yoshio was Ghani's the Aaron. And even if they could find it, they knew it wasn't meant to be. It's pretty big to have a Kaisha Kadash without an Aaron. And they didn't go get it. Why not? So here we have, they uh, didn't switch to Lashon HaKadosh, and they're picking names of foreign origin, and now they're missing something in the base of Midrash, and they Dafka didn't bring it back. Why? Nira Shulai Bavel Shabanu is based, Shaolei Bavel rather, Shabanu is by Shani, they came back, Yedu, they knew intuitively, Kiloi Zehabinyan Ashayamad Le'olamin. That's pretty disconcerting. They came back and built by Shani, they knew this wasn't it. They knew to be a Ba'ishlishi. That means they knew the bias wouldn't stand, they knew this gula wouldn't stay, and this is also a temporary booster shot of sorts. Abiyaka, by the way, is not, despite what we said last week, not necessarily trying to draw a parallel that the temporary aliyah opportunity to go back to Yisrael, the fact that millions of Jews went in the modern state, is only temporary, and they're all going out again. He's raising the possibility that, that could happen. He's just trying to 
show us that you can't label something necessarily as a salt of the gula and assume we're here and this is it and we're done. And the fact that we came back shows we're here on a permanent basis because this happened many times before and that wasn't the case. We hope this time at least what's there is the nucleus and it'll grow, but Abiyak is insinuating we're not going to have a guarantee. But we'll get there in a moment. They knew a long and bitter Golos was ahead. Kosh knew. They didn't know how long and how bitter. Kosh Baruch brought them back in order to be able to regroup and be mechazit themselves. We accomplished a lot despite all the topsy-turvy situations of Bayashani. Most of it was pretty crazy in terms of um, the political turmoil, the slaughter, the pogroms, the uh, wars. It was a very difficult time. The only tkufa they had, which was very tranquil, tranquil was after uh, Sherman Shetach took over and his sister was uh, the regent and ruling the land and all the brachas of Mekuyim. That was short-lived after Yana Melech was gone. And uh, despite all of what was going on, they accomplished a lot. They actually solidified what led to Chasim Mishnah. That was way after the Chorban, but... The Zugas started solidifying Tarish Shabal Peh, the beginning of Tekufas Tanaim, Shama and Hillel, Beishamai Beishil, the Chorban happened in the middle of all this. Uh, but they stayed and they got the job done, down to Rabbi Yudanasi. And three generations of Amoram after that, and then they were completely thrown out. Then it was finished in Bovel. But they had enough to be able to carry us through 2,000 years of Golis. Apishur Sadin, Hayuhem Tzrichon Lishar Bovel, Oid Tzman Rav. It would have stayed longer, which is interesting. How Rabbi Yaakov works that into the Navuas of the 70 years, I'm not sure. The assimilation was already Had they stayed there longer, page 4, They wouldn't be able to keep their spiritual independence. They disappear. Same issue had in Gaul's Mitzrayim. There wouldn't be who to redeem. Hashem had Rachmanis and took them out. Again, a temporary measure to save them. This case was Territ Yisrael. In Mitzrayim, it was to the Midbar. Bonalam is base of Akira, not only that, they also got a bias, not complete, missing five things, but it was a base of Mitish, they had the Avaida. Hako Bhdesh Yeshuva Vyaskasku, Yesidis Amuna, Yimukhasanam, Likras, Tkufas, Agolas Hamara, to be prepared to be able to survive the next long bitter Tkufa. De Lahadgish, Lahamchish, Laam Shadayan Haimla Nigalu, and now to get the point across that they weren't there yet and they shouldn't relax. He bats some adayin him agolus. Rabbi Yankov holds the entire tkufus tayasheni with the base of mikdash in Eitzisrael was an extension of the gollus. Lahelus arons. They dafka. They knew where the aron was now, and they dafka didn't bring it up as they understood they weren't worthy to have this and would send a difficult, uh, incorrect message that uh, yes, we have the aron and we're getting there and we're staying and don't worry about a thing. And that wasn't true. Makar kedusha bayitz rishon mimakam shenignas v'shirubim kamek adayin ena gulushleima. And they weren't there yet. In 18, he brings another example. Take a look at the footnote, also from Novi. This answers a lot of kashas. V'chidushav al-sefer Shmuel Aleph, Bir Rabbeinu. 
Shiloh also stood for centuries. It was a blend between the Mishkan and the Mikdash. It was destroyed. It was such a Chorban. Elia Navi, Elia Kain, who was also a Navi, fell backwards and died just from the news. The news the Aaron was captured and uh, they lost the war. So here we have another, without this explanation, a very unusual response. They um, had a Mishkan, not even given, and they didn't return the Aaron. Why not? Why? Put it in a private house? What for? Because they knew the Neuve given is not the solution either. And they have to be able to understand they're not there in order to be able to have the impetus to move forward. For all the years, David Malach didn't move it because he wanted people to understand that there's a lot of work to do. And you can get complacent if you don't realize that. Go back up top. Machmas hakara samzu shadayin lagiya gula shleima and higu alibavol kam v'kam and yanam sheaisin kamaisha hayunayigin betkufas agolus. To be able to remind themselves that this wasn't the gula shleima during Bayisheni, and he was the biggest danger because they were there for hundreds of years. Lahiras shabemes betkufas agolus bavol adayin nimshechas. It's still continuing. Vabinyan hanivna ena ela arrive also licharv, and even Bayisheni was only temporary and it will be destroyed. They wanted, not just a reminder, as the Ramban seems to suggest, to remember the Nais and the Gula and to thank HaKadosh Baruch I penned in over here that the Mashmaz, the Ramban, I thought the Pasha Pashat was just to remember the, the Gula, but I back of saying more. They kept Aramis Badafka to be cognizant of the fact that they're still in Golas. To pick up Lashon Kaidish would fool themselves, danger of fooling themselves into thinking they have arrived. Bishlam Abavli, we understand Nechtab Abavol Nechtab Bisfasa Medina. So Bavli is written in Aramis because that was Bisfasa Medina. Yushalmi is written in Etisrael. Of the Yushalmi, Shinitab Etisrael, Madu and Nechtab Aramis, Avol Devreinu Nasazem Etamanal, to show that even though they're in Etisrael, they're not really home yet. Take a look at 19 in the footnote. Ad Hesav Rabbeinu Shazatam, Mizesh, Metzinush, Mosem, Shalchedim, Matanav, Rova, Maram, Mishemus, Amaram. We raise this in the Chukah Sam Shir as well. Lashinus Lashainam was a big thing in Mitzrayim. So why did Halagatanaim and Amaraim take and continue to use clearly not Jewish names? We don't know what the Makar is, or Rava and things like that. These are more Aramis than Yiddish. So why did they use these names? Ramesh, if you remember, in the Tshuva says there's no chiv to have Yiddish names. It was only Din and Mitzrayim before Matan to save them and keep some vestige of their Jewishness. After Gabal Satera, we have other things that set us apart, like Tariq Mitzvahs. 
So Ramesha says it's not a chiv, and throughout the Darius the Wajidin always had Gaish names. With that said, Ramesha said, Maguna Dover. So why would Tanam and Amaram have non Jewish names? The answer is Rabbi Akir claims in this tukufa that Dafka used names, sources in Aramis to remind themselves that even though it looks like the Gullus ended, we're still not really home, even though we're in Eretz Yisrael. Rabbi Akir was quick to add, in America, it's a hit that I have Yiddish names. Why is that so? Why don't we just use it to remind ourselves we're not home yet? Today we're in Gullus and we have enough reminders we're in Gullus, we're not in Eretz Yisrael, we have no base of Mikdash. So we don't need this reminder. They shouldn't think they have arrived, and on the flip side, they shouldn't have Yish that it's never coming. They should remind themselves we're still in Gullus, and it's a work in progress. So he says that's why Amaraim and Tanaim had still not completely Jewish names. I don't know if they were names the Gaim used, but they certainly weren't picked from Lashon HaKedosh. They could have picked uh, Avram, Yitzchok, Yankov, Moshe, and they didn't. Go back up top, last paragraph. The Birchaz Yaakov mentioned that you have to have a Melech from Yehuda, and only from Yehuda. The entire Bayesheni, with the exception of Malchus Chashmanan, they never appointed a king. And Rabban in Vayechi, which is where Bianca discusses this, says that they were punished for even taking on a semblance of Malchus, even though they saved Klai Yisrael and the Chassid and we have Hanukkah, and they saved Klai Yisrael. But Lamaisa, they shouldn't have taken the Malucha. Shaila, who took it? When they took it? So it just begs the question why did they appoint the Melech? They had descendants of Malchus based David, they knew who they were. Okay, they weren't Kainim, and the Kainim Adafka can't take the Malucha. Ramban makes that point. So they knew they had descendants in Yehuda. So they even knew as late as Bustanai, uh, if you ever read the uh, Marcus Lehman version. So why don't they appoint kings? So Abiyankov says the reason is, They understood that they're not here and they're still in Gullus, and uh, this isn't the Gula Shlema. If you appoint a king, you're just sending the wrong message that we're here, we have our own machus, and we're in Israel. What's the problem? Everything's all fixed up. So Dafka didn't appoint a king. This would have been misunderstood. To bring this up to date, we have the same danger now. As from a Yidin, we know that uh, whatever the Malchus is supposed to look like, it's certainly not going to be a government that's not from. Even if the Prime Minister happens to be Orthodox, and the whole cabinet, and everybody in the Knesset, until you have a full base of Mikdash working with all the Chamishidwarm and everybody's doing tshuva, and it's just all secure, we're not there. Is it a work in progress? Yes. Can it be undone completely, Rahman everybody sent out, and then start again? Possible. It happened after Bayashani. We hope not. We hope this time it's a kernel for growth, but who knows? But the danger in thinking that you're there is that uh, if it's not broken, you don't have to fix it that much. So everybody recognizes it's broken, China's half broken, so we have to, the only thing we're missing, I've heard people say this, it's just that as soon as we get a firm prime minister, uh, that's it. Now we have a prime minister now, his shver, I think, is orthodox, and became Baal Tshuva. His father was traditional, right? yeah, he's got a shrugger, I think. A lot of people, I don't know what he's thinking yet, but uh, a lot of people around him are becoming from. So good, we applaud, what? 
yeah, so it's, we applaud every step. And when he becomes from, we'll certainly clap. But that doesn't mean he's Melech Yisrael. If we find out he's from Shevet Yehuda and he uh, becomes a real Baal Tshuva and he's shnaiking, okay, well, if Hashem wants to bring the Gul, he can bring it any time. But to think for a moment that it's pretty good, just, uh, we just have to fix up a couple of things. We have, uh, we have far to go. And the argument, uh, as we explained in a sheer at length, it's not just semantics because those who hold it as the Gula, Hashem Shamayim, but uh, they're using it to assume certain assumptions of what you have to do in the uh, day-to-day operations in Eitz Yisrael. It's a big enough uh, Bianchin says, throughout the diaries, there's always a danger that uh, the human condition is we like to be optimistic and we like to uh, finally breathe a little bit more. So the natural natiya is, ah, oh, Baruch Hashem, it's all over, we made it, and we're here. And Ruchnius in general, you have to have a very fine balance between patting yourself on the back once in a while on your accomplishments. You deserve to stop and notice that you're actually moving and your learning is growing and your davening is getting better and you're, you're improving. That with a healthy dose of understanding where you aren't and that you still need to go a lot further. So you have to blend the self-esteem and the pat in the back gives yourself a little chizik and pat other people in the back for sure to give them chizik. But if you um, go too far and you praise yourself too much, even if you praise others too much, then they think that, okay, I learned another 10 minutes, and I dive in a little bit better, and I catch minion once in a while, and Lashon Har is not as bad as it used to be, so we can relax a little bit. Relaxing is, when appropriate, just to give you enough chizik to get to the next point. That's the entire theme over here. And to tie it in with Lag Beimer, the long period of Sphira, which... Was disastrous. Alpinister sphere is a time connected to Zayin the seven weeks, a time of metamorphosis, a time of growth. Historically, it was a time of uh, pogroms and persecutions and uh, a lot of availists and Talmud Rabbi Kiva. Uh, what's Lag Beimer doing in the middle? The answer is nobody can survive constant, constant Einish and bad news every single day without any respite, without any let up. So Lag uh, Bimer in the middle is to uh, show us that there's always room for growth, and this is a catalyst for growth, but you've got to be able to rest also, if not briefly. There are many who have the minig that they don't shave and take a haircut the entire sphere, with the exception of Lag Bimer. Interestingly enough, most people, including the Sharetzian, hold that you can't listen to music the entire sphere except for Lag Bimer. For some reason, that got lost somewhere. I'm not sure where, but you ask anybody, I, I'm finished with the first sphere today. If you're a Sephardi, you're finished tomorrow. So now we can uh, blast all the music. And, uh, okay, that became the minig. I'm not sure all the classical players can say that it's a one-day uh, slot. But whatever it is, we have the one day because HaKadosh Baruch Hu and his Rachamim always knows what we can handle. And the Enshim and the Xeris don't go a minute longer. So in life, whenever you think you can't handle it, just know at such point in time Hashem knows you can't handle it, you're going to get some rest. And that's uh, one of the Simple messages of Lag Baimer, but it's there to continue the Avaida to Shuas, not to just uh, have barbecues and then assume I uh, paid my dues, even if your sphere was the first sphere. It's in terms of the Avaida to continue to Shuas, whatever minute you hold, and the Achana has to continue with this one day of uh, collecting your thoughts and having a little rest. On that note, what? 
we'll do that also, but it's hard work. <laughs>